Life Audio. One of the most loving things that you can do is to say, you know what, I see you struggling. And I know that this probably feels weird and uncomfortable for you to talk to me about your feelings. But I just want to let you know that your feelings matter to me. What you're feeling like, that means something to me. And I want you to know that you can talk to me about anything. I'm not going to use it against you later. Try that today. I'm telling you that it's going to make a difference in your relationship. Validate their feelings. So when they say something like, you know what, I'm just feeling like I'm just such a disappointment. You don't come back with, why would you feel like that? You're not a disappointment. You've got three degrees and you make six figures a year. And No, 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 no. Like, that's all nice and helpful. And I see what you're trying to do there. But validate what they're feeling. Hey there, lovebirds. Are you ready to take your relationship to the next level? Real Relationship Talk is all about uncomplicating your relationships and creating deeper connections. Many of you have already taken my free quiz to test your relationship connection and are receiving my free tips on how to reconnect with the one you love. If you haven't yet taken the quiz, be sure to check it out today at danashay.com forward slash partner quiz. That's danashay.com forward slash partner quiz. Your next level of connection is just a quiz away. Well, hello, my friends. It's Dana Shea, and welcome to the show today. Y'all, we are going to get into some of the nuts and bolts of what makes a healthy, thriving relationship or marriage today. But before we can talk about what makes it beautiful and healthy and thriving, we've got to talk about something that is really common to a lot of our relationships. And I say our because I can totally relate to this message that I'm going to be sharing with you all today. So I want you to imagine that you are approaching your best friend's house. For whatever reason, you decided to drive over to their house, maybe unannounced, and you see their cars out in the driveway, their garage door is up, you pull into their driveway and you go knock on the door and they don't answer. And you're like, I know that they are home. I see their kids' bikes in the driveway, the garage door is up. I know that they're home, but they are not answering the door. So you keep knocking, you go around the side, you peek in the house, you see them sitting on the couch. They're there. They just decided that they don't want to engage with you. That, my friends, is what it is like when you are in a relationship with someone who is emotionally unavailable, with someone who is emotionally detached, with someone who is emotionally absent. It is very frustrating. It can be very lonely. It can be very depressing. It can make you feel insecure about yourself, about your relationship. It can be disheartening. And oftentimes, the person who is emotionally unavailable can come across as being distant, as being cold, as being unloving. Are any of these feelings resonating with you? Yeah. You're like, I know what that's like. Maybe you're living this right now. Or maybe you've been told by somebody that you're emotionally unavailable and you're listening to this podcast trying to figure out, am I really? Because I think I'm just fine. And truth be told, a lot of people who deal with emotional unavailability don't realize it. They really do not know that they are so detached. So today's episode was actually inspired by one of our faithful podcast listeners, and I love hearing from you guys. I love when you send me DMs. I love when you send me emails. If you're on my email list, 
And this particular woman sent me this email and she asked for the show. So I told her, yep, we're going to do a show about this because it's been a long time since I've actually talked about emotional absence. We've had other shows and I'll be sure to link to those in the podcast show notes. We had Beatrice Vargas on um, several months ago to talk about her whole experience with an emotionally unavailable spouse. We talked about it in other ways, but it's been a long time. So I just wanted to come on and do this episode, one, because I was asked to, but two, because I think that this is such an important topic that so many couples are dealing with. So I'm going to just read you a snippet of her email. She wrote, I'd love a podcast on intimacy. This has been a sticking point in my marriage because it feels like my husband thinks this is all psychobabble, asking for more emotional intimacy. Due to our upbringings, both chaotic childhoods, emotional neglect, etc., he's just more of a bypass, distracted, suck it up, pray and be happy in life kind of person. I'm healing from my own emotional wounds, and I feel like I'm beating my head up against a wall. Y'all, it's lonely. It's discouraging. It's disheartening. And so I want to give you all some clues and some help and some tips today for those of you who are in emotionally absent relationships. And I really just want to especially tell you, those of you who are married, my heart goes out to you because it's different when you're dating somebody, right? It's different when you're just in a relationship with somebody and you're like, you know what? We're not really gelling well here. I don't know if we're on the same wavelength. Maybe we should just kind of take a break or maybe we should see other people or maybe we should just be friends. It's a little bit different though when you're married because when you're married, you're in a covenant relationship. You're in a commitment. You're not just going to up and leave or be like, you know what? This isn't working out. And so my heart really does go out to couples who are married, who feel trapped, who feel stuck. I think there's no other uh, or no greater loneliness, if I can say it that way, no greater loneliness than to be married and alone. And real talk, y'all, I lived this for many years. So I am telling you from experience how this feels. Sean is a great husband. He's a great guy. But we have definitely had seasons in our marriage of emotional unavailability and truth be told on both ends. When I had gone through, you know, dealing with his whole infidelity cycles, of course, I shut my heart off to him because I was so wounded and I was so hurt. And so I was emotionally unavailable for a long time. I didn't really want to engage with him in that way anymore because I didn't trust him. I didn't feel safe around him. And really, y'all, that's one of the biggest um, factors in how people act this way and in why people act this way. Why are people emotionally unavailable? It's a lot of the times it has something to do with safety. They don't feel safe. Maybe they don't feel safe with you. Maybe they just don't feel safe in general. Maybe growing up, they never felt safe. And this is where sometimes good therapy can help. Honestly, therapy, I'm not even talking about coaching, because sometimes people really do need to dig into their childhood trauma and they need to figure out what happened when they were little. Were they not validated as children when they tried to speak up for themselves or defend themselves Were they shut down? And then that just kind of blocked them from being able to engage emotionally with anybody else. 
So if you are married to someone or in a relationship with someone and they just either A, don't recognize or won't acknowledge the fact that they're emotionally absent and they can't seem to get past it, you may want to seek out therapy. But before we get into therapy, I've got a whole lot that I want to share with you guys today. You know, I kind of flirted around with this whole idea of childhood trauma and how we grow up. And I know that we don't like to talk about it or think about it, but the truth is, is that we are all products of our childhood. I've said it before on this podcast. I'll say it again. One of my good friends said years ago, there are no marriage problems. There are only childhood problems that manifest themselves in marriage. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so true. As a marriage coach, you all, I'm telling you, the couples that I work with and the issues that we deal with oftentimes are not marriage problems. They're childhood problems. They're emotional woundings that people have not healed from. And when folks are emotionally detached and emotionally unavailable, a lot of times it does have something to do with attachment disorders. Now, this isn't like a a pass. This isn't like, oh, They didn't get the emotional attention that they needed as kids, so they can just continue to live like that as an adult. No, like it first starts with recognizing that that's where it came from for some. Not everybody has that story, but for some. But then you've got to be willing to, or they have to be willing to say, okay, you know what? Maybe I didn't get my needs met as a child. Maybe I was shut down as a child. Maybe I was never taught that I'm safe. But what am I going to do about that now that I'm an adult? Now that I actually have the power and autonomy over my own life, how can I actually move past that? So one of the things that I want to tell you all is that when you are with someone who is emotionally unavailable, there's a reason for it. They're not just being a jerk. (laughs) They're not just being detached because they don't like you in most cases. Okay, this can come from childhood wounds. It can come from maybe even not even just childhood, but maybe just even on their job. Maybe they try to speak up about things or they try to be creative or innovate and they're always shut down by their boss. And so that makes them shut down with you. Sometimes there are things that have happened in your relationship that have made that person feel unsafe, maybe due to no fault of your own. Or maybe there has been something that you've done that has made them feel unsafe in the relationship. So this is really all about safety. Oftentimes too, you guys, our culture is the main culprit. Think about how often boys are taught to embrace their emotions. Yeah, not often, right? Our culture prefers this like kind of macho, masculine, strong, confident, type one man. And that's how a lot of men grow up. They don't talk about their feelings. They're not taught to process. Boys don't cry. Y'all know the story. But it's not just gender that plays a factor. Sometimes it's ethnicity. Sometimes it's culture, right? Like for Black people, and I can speak as a Black woman, I wasn't raised in a household where we like cried and shared our feelings and talked about feelings. Like it just wasn't a part of our childhood. Okay, I think of Asian ethnicities a lot of times, right? Different Asian ethnicities who are taught very much like, you know, there's right, wrong, black, white, do this, perform this way, overcome, be a success. And there's not a lot of room for, I feel lonely right now. I feel discouraged. I feel disappointed. Like there's just not a lot of room for that. 
So if you didn't grow up being able to learn how to process your emotions, first of all, what are my emotions? What, what do I feel? And then being able to process them in a safe place, then yeah, you're going to struggle in your marriage and relationship. So we're going to talk about what are some of the signs. And then I want to give you all some real practical tips on what to do if you're living with an emotionally unavailable spouse. But before we do that, we have to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And before we get to the break, I also want to just take this time to tell you, if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, either on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen, go ahead and click the follow or subscribe button. And this way, all of the podcast episodes show up for you. You no longer have to search for them or wonder what day are the podcast release. They will just show up for you like magic. So we're going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, friends, we are back. So I started talking about these different causes, right? The reasons that people are oftentimes emotionally unavailable. And what is emotionally unavailable uh, or what does emotional unavailability look like in a marriage or in a relationship? One is that usually the person is distant, right? Like they might be there physically when you tell them stories, when you're talking to them, like they're present with you physically, but there's a lack of compassion. There's a lack of empathy. There's a lack of just caring. You know, they might go, uh, cool, really. They'll give you responses like that. It's just kind of shallow. And you're like, hello, is anybody in there? That can be a telltale sign. Other factors are they don't know how to process their feelings. When they get upset with something, they go to one or two emotions. They're either happy or sad or maybe happy or angry. But they don't have this array of emotions that they can tap into readily. That's the sign of an emotionally unavailable spouse. 
oftentimes, not only do they not like to necessarily empathize with your stories or with your problems, but they don't have empathy and compassion for themselves. So they might put themselves down a lot. They might say things like, gosh, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that again. They might talk about themselves that way because if they can't care for themselves, how in the world are they going to care for you? Other signs of an emotionally unavailable spouse is that they are deflectors. When you try to have a conversation of substance, they'll change change the subject. They don't like to go deep. They live in the shallow waters of relationships. They can't go deep with you because they don't know what's in the deep end now. So they're going to stay in the shallow end and they're going to deflect. Oftentimes they're very defensive. So when you bring up a problem or you, you bring up maybe an area of improvement in your relationship, they will easily take offense or, and get defensive because they feel like this is about to be an unsafe conversation. You're about to start telling me things about myself that I'm not ready to deal with, don't want to deal with, or don't agree with. And so they get defensive. These are all signs of a spouse who is emotionally unavailable. As our podcast listener shared in the email, maybe they just... Um, think that everything that you're saying is psychobabble. So they belittle your feelings or they belittle the things that you actually want to talk about in your relationship. It's not that deep, they might say, or it's not that serious, or that's just a whole bunch of psycho stuff, or I'm not that way. I'm different. All of those signs show that this person is not tapped in to their emotions. If you have children Oftentimes, they can't nurture. They're not nurturing. And this is where I was. I spent many years of my children's lives not being very nurturing. It's one of my biggest regrets, honestly, because I was so emotionally dead inside that I could not give my kids what they needed in a mom. So if you're noticing this, and and, and this is why I didn't want to title this podcast, like how to deal with an emotionally unavailable husband, because it's not just a husband. There are wives, there are boyfriends, girlfriends, there are parents, there are friends, there are people in our lives who we can all relate to this, right? And so I'm telling you that I can relate on both sides from someone who has been emotionally unavailable and someone who has been in a marriage with someone who is emotionally unavailable. And we've had to work through that, and we still have to work through that. So if you are on either side, you're in good company. I was meeting with my small cohort of wives. I have a group coaching program called Thrive Wives, for those of y'all who didn't know that. If you're interested in that, you can go on my website and find out more information, danashay.com forward slash Thrive Wives. Um, but we were in Thrive Wives the other day and I was having a conversation with one of the ladies and she was telling me this almost textbook, okay, textbook, everything that I'm telling you right now. Why? Because it's common. It's common in relationships. It's common in marriages where you will have somebody who is literally just checked out and it's a hard, hard thing to deal with. So how do you deal with it? You're married to somebody who's emotionally unavailable and you're like, okay, I don't want to divorce the person, but I'm really getting tired. I'm bored. Maybe you're developing apathy and I've done a a episode on that. I'll link to all of these episodes in the show notes, by the way. But I did an episode years ago on apathy and how apathy shows up in our relationship. And this is when we're just like, 
we close ourselves off because our partner has closed himself off or herself off. There's a better way. We don't have to spend years in emotionally unavailable relationships, always wanting to be seen, always wanting to be known, always wanting to have a deeper relationship, but never actually getting that. And this is why I focus so much, y'all, on the partner quiz. You've probably heard that promo to death. And it's not only just because I want you to take a quiz and find out how connected are you as a partner, but because I send you emails. And those of you all who have gotten my emails, you know this. I've send, I send you emails to give you some tips on what to do if you are apathetic, on what to do if you're aloof, on what to do if you're available, on what to do. So if you've not already taken that quiz, head over to danashay.com forward slash partner quiz. Take the quiz so that you can get the email tips, okay? So what do we do? What do we do? How do we bridge the connection gap? I want to give you some pointers today. So the first thing that I want to tell you is you have got to create a safe space in your relationship as much as it depends on you. And I say that because I don't want to burden you with this obligation to create a safe space. Everything that I do has to be safe. I can't say anything that would ruffle the waters because that's not safe. Because that's no way to live, you all. You got to be able to be yourself and be real and be you in your relationship. But as much as you can, create a safe space for your partner, your partner who's struggling to open up emotionally. How do you create a safe space? Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. First, when your partner does open up to you about something, you need to guard that information with care. What do I mean by that? We're not bringing up mistakes, past mistakes, in current conversations, okay? That is like a no-no. If your spouse or your partner shares something with you that maybe they've done wrong, or maybe they share something with you about an insecurity that they have, or they share something with you, like a trauma that they experience, you cannot use that in another conversation. You cannot bring that up later. That is not going to help them to feel safe. Something else that you can do to help them to feel safe is don't use the vulnerability against them, right? When you see them weak or when you see them struggling or when you see them um, being courageous and being vulnerable with you, don't ever use that against them. Don't ever tell their stories or their business to your best friend or to your parents or to your children, God forbid. Keep that information like a vault. That is going to help to create safety in your relationship. So maybe they're like, okay, you know what? I know that I need to do better with opening up, but they're dealing with all these fears and they're not going to tell you that. They're not going to say, I am dealing with fear. They're just not going to say that. But you can see that they're dealing with fear because they're afraid to open up. So how do you help someone who's dealing with fear? You don't tell them, don't be afraid, don't be scared. You have to show them why they don't have to be afraid, why they don't have to be scared. So guard their information like a precious little jewel and don't use that against them. Number two, help give them language. Sometimes people don't have the language to express how they're feeling. They don't know what all the emotions are. 
if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you may have heard me tell this story about my youngest son, Colin. He's 14 now, but when he was little, he was a toddler. Colin was just born with an attitude. Okay. He just came out of the womb mad at the world. And so he always went from zero to 10 in like two seconds. No effort. He was just always mad. And so when he was non-communicative before he could actually talk, when he was like a baby, I was just so frustrated. I was like, I don't know like what to do. But then when he started getting a little bit older and he's having temper tantrums and he, I'm realizing, is not able to express his emotions, I was like, all right, we have got to intervene here, okay? Because this thing is going to go off the rails and he is going to be a miserable husband to somebody one day if I do not get this thing under control. So I sat him down and I talked to him about what feelings are. And I said, Colin, sometimes when you get angry, you're not really angry. You probably feel some other feelings. Like, do you feel left out when your brother doesn't invite you to play with his friends and he nods his little head? Yes, I feel left out. Okay, great. We write down the word left out. Do you sometimes feel disappointed? That's a big word, but disappointed means that you thought something was going to happen and it didn't happen. And so that made you sad. Have you ever felt disappointed? Yes, I feel disappointed when, right? He tells me his whole story. So I write down disappointed. I go through all of the emotions that I can think of on little strips of paper. I write them down and I put them in a little plastic baggie. And I say, Colin, this is your feelings bag. When you get upset and angry, I want you to go get your little baggie and I want you to tell mommy what you are feeling. And it got to be this like fun little game for him. And so he would get like mad, stomp up the stairs, go in and get his little feelings bag. And then you would hear him like giggling on the way up to his room because it became like a funny thing for him. But y'all, that was gold. That was gold. That was like the best thing that I've ever done as a mom. I'm telling you. And it helped him tremendously to be able to put language to his feelings. Some of you might need to do a feelings bag with your with your partner or with your spouse. You might need to say, are you feeling left out? Are you feeling insecure? Are you feeling forgotten? Are you feeling unnecessary? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling hopeless? You might need to add some more emotions in there because maybe they don't have the language to be able to tell you how they feel. Now, don't do it in the way that I did with my two-year-old, okay? Because then that's going to backfire and they're going to think that you're talking to them like they're stupid. So don't talk to them that way. But in whatever way feels good and right and authentic to you, try to help them with some language. Number three, validate their feelings. Validate their feelings. This is so important because especially if your partner grew up in a household where their feelings were never validated, when they said something, they were put down or they were laughed at or they were ridiculed. When you validate their feelings, that's healing for them. That lets them know that, you know what, you are able to feel this way. You have permission to feel this way. So I want to read you guys a quick scripture, 1 Peter chapter 3. This is just a great chapter for marriage in general. But 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with one another. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. My friends, so much great relationship advice and that one little scripture. Being tenderhearted 
being able to sympathize or empathize, which is something we talk about a lot on the show, being able to show empathy for your partner is so important. It's so loving. It's one of the most loving things that you can do is to say, you know what, I see you struggling. And I know that this probably feels weird and uncomfortable for you to talk to me about your feelings. But I just want to let you know that your feelings matter to me. What you're feeling like, that means something to me. And I want you to know that you can talk to me about anything. I'm not going to use it against you later. Try that today. I'm telling you that it's going to make a difference in your relationship. Validate their feelings. So when they say something like, you know what? I'm just feeling like I'm just such a disappointment. You don't come back with, why would you feel like that? You're not a disappointment. You've got three degrees and you make six figures a year. And No, 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 no. Like, that's all nice and helpful. And I see what you're trying to do there. But validate what they're feeling. You know, I understand that, that that's probably really disappointing that you didn't get that promotion. Wow, that must hurt. That's how you validate somebody's feelings. Showing empathy is putting yourself in that person's shoes. It's not thinking, well, what would I do if I was that person? No, it's what would they do? I'm going to put myself in their shoes and I'm going to feel what they are feeling. You don't have to agree with their, maybe their behavior, or you don't have to agree with their assessment, but can you at least put yourself in their shoes? Can you sympathize and empathize with what they're going through? Super healing. Validate their feelings. All right. And then finally, Let them know what you need. Let them know that you need them to be emotionally available. Y'all, when I'm doing premarital, the first thing that I do in all of my premarital clients we talk about is needs and expectations. That's like lesson one. Because so often in relationships, we expect our partners to know what we need. We have all these needs and we just think that they're going to know what we need. So you might be thinking, of course, they should know that I need them to be emotionally intimate with me or emotionally available. Hello. But guess what? Everybody does not know that. Everyone might not expect that. Or like I said earlier, maybe they think that they are being emotionally available and you realize that they're not. So there has to come a point where you're willing to be honest about what you need. And you say, you know what? I know that your childhood was rough. I get it. You know what? I've heard you talk about your stories and that that's that's hard. If we are going to have the kind of relationship that I know that we both want to have, I really need us to be dialed in emotionally. And I know that that might be challenging for you. So how can I help? Ask them. They'll give you some things that I didn't even give you on this podcast today. They'll tell you maybe some things. Maybe they'll say something like, when I talk, I need you to not respond. Or maybe they'll say something like, you know, sometimes I just need some space. Space is okay, as long as it's not like I need space for five weeks. (laughs) But let them tell you what they need. But they're not going to tell you what they need if you do not first tell them what you need. You need an emotionally available spouse or partner. You need to be able to have conversations about more than the weather in the news. You need to be able for them to empathize with you when you're going through something. And you want to be able to empathize with them when they're going through something. So you have to tell them what you need and tell them what you expect. And then finally, be patient. If your partner is 
30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. They're not just going to change overnight. So this is going to be a process. This is going to take some time. But like with anything else, when you see them making progress, make sure that you affirm that progress. You know what? I appreciate you sharing with me yesterday about that story and letting me in to what's going on with you. Now, they might roll their eyes. You'd be like, all right, all right, all right. You know, kind of play it off. That's fine. But make sure that you affirm the progress that you're making so that you can see more of the progress that you want. So I hope that this episode has been helpful. I'm sitting here listening to myself talk and I'm being helped, y'all. So I hope that this has been really helpful for you. And I just, again, want to just encourage those of you all who feel lonely and who feel like you're in these stuck relationships because your partner is emotionally unavailable. I really believe that this is a temporary situation. Don't give up. Employ the practices and the tips that I've shared with you on this podcast today. And if you are a person of faith, pray. Pray that God will soften their heart, open their eyes, make them more um, aware of their challenges. And don't give up. So thank you so much for listening to this episode today. You can find the show notes and all the tips and and practices that I've shared with you today over at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 177. Be sure to take the partner quiz if you haven't already. Again, the link to that will be in the show notes of this podcast. As I like to end every episode in saying, a good relationship isn't one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Wow, you stayed all the way to the end. You, my friend, are the real MVP. Thanks again for listening to Real Relationship Talk. The show notes can be found at realrelationshiptalk.com. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? If not, be sure to do that now. And may your relationships be uncomplicated as you build deeper connections. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.